everybody. Good afternoon and welcome to the Can Do Podcast, where life is all about what we can do, not what we can't. Today, guys, I'm super fired up to welcome my friends, Molly Carter, Katie Diaz. They, they are pickleball enthusiasts, life lovers, people lovers, and we're here today so that they can share their story about pickleball, life, family experiences, kids, pets, whatever comes to mind. We, we just want to highlight their candid story. First thing I want to talk about, though, is where you guys get these beautiful t-shirts. You know, we obviously provided the can-do, but you have a nice touch on the bottom of them. Molly, Katie, welcome to the show. Thank you guys so much for coming on. I really appreciate a few minutes of your time today. Thank oh, you thanks so for much having us for having us. You got We're it. Super I guess excited. you got it. First of all, stand up for a minute, Katie. Show your show your t-shirt. Yeah, a little can do. And I even have um Diaz on the back. Oh, I love that. <laughs> I didn't even notice I've that a, before. Well, let's see. I've got Carter. Can you see it? No, no your hair. No. A little bit. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, yeah. Molly, we don't need this. It's good. It's all good. So guys, I'm so excited. We were introduced, you know, because for our fans that don't know, for our listeners that don't know, we really uh, here at Can Do Keto Crisp are super excited about the pickleball community. And Molly and Katie reached out to us about a part, uh, you know, they, they love the ethos of Can Do and, and, you know, what it means. And I wanted them to share their background and how they got started in pickleball. Um, so go ahead, Katie, you first, and then, and then Molly, you go ahead and, and chime in. Tell us how you got started in pickleball. Before I tell you that, Adam, I have to say what, um, the reason why my brother-in-law Alex had reached out to you in the first place is I too lost 40 pounds doing keto and I love eating that way anyways. And to have, um, the keto bars as an addition to what, how I was already eating have been a game changer. I keep dripping on Molly about keto and she started to transition also towards that way. She loves the bars. Like we're so obsessed with them. So thank you so much. Well, guys, thank you so much. And I, I love, love, love to hear that story. Number, the most important is, is the weight loss and how you feel. Talk about that going in and what it was like for you to get started and where you are today, I can just see the smile on your face. You know, the bars are great and we love the bars and we're so thankful that they taste great and satisfy everybody's appeal for eating. But talk about your, your uh, journey on the keto diet and, and just talk about that. What comes to mind? So I have tried like my whole life. It's been like a struggle. I've always was kind of nauseous all the time. I never really felt that great. And so I tried doing like super clean eating. Nothing was really sustainable for the long term for me. And um, then I found out about two years ago that I got diagnosed with celiac disease. So um, I realized maybe gluten was part of the issue. I felt so bad. Um, and then transitioning over into the gluten-free diet, you find all these gluten-free things that are great tasting like crackers and breads. And, you know, now there's a million gluten-free things you can substitute with cookies and all this stuff. But with all of that comes carbs. So I had a huge weight gain and, um, I thought, you know, I'm just going to give the keto thing a whirl. I did a ton of research on it. Um, thankfully, you know, with a lot of diets it's super costly. And, you know, you have to invest into this or invest into that. And for the long term, it's not really a lifestyle change with keto. Everything I did was stuff that I had done research on how to track your macros and all of that stuff. Um, and I just found it to be a super easy transition. I was eating delicious food that I naturally loved and cooking it really for my whole family. I have three little girls and a husband. So I just transitioned over and, um, the weight just came pouring off. I really didn't even exercise for the longest time. It was just doing what I did in the kitchen and of course, tracking those things. So then when I started playing pickleball again, I was like, so, um, 
it was such an easy, you, you always feel like when you're starting to exercise, when you're heavy, it's so difficult to think of like what I have to do in the gym to get back in shape. But thankfully I had already lost the weight. It was just uh, toning up my muscles and, you know, practicing, um, increasing my endurance and things like that. But I found so much energy on the court. Um, you know, we're trying to, Molly and I are in training mode for nationals. So we're texting each other, our eating plans and what we're doing for working out. And, um, it's all just been really fun and exciting and pretty painless considering keto is super tasty anyways. <laughs> yeah. Thank you so much for sharing your story. It's awesome. And as I listen to you story, you tell the story, I can relate because I didn't even, I didn't even know what keto was. And yes, I'm thankful to be a founder of a keto bar company, but I was just like everybody else, just Googling different diet plans, Googling what keto was. And I've never proclaimed myself to be a keto expert at all. Um, but I, you know, I just found like you just found the weight came off and it was like, it was great. And you hit on a key point, uh, Katie, that, that, um, you know, it, it, it's a lifestyle. It's not a diet. It's a language. It's like, you know, when you're learning Spanish or something, it's a completely different language. Um, talk about when you, and you talk about like, oh my God, it's going to be so overwhelming to get started or to do that. How did you get through the tough times? You know, I didn't find it to be tough. I feel like in my life, I've done a lot of extreme things to be healthy and, um, other things were much more difficult than this was this transition. Um, however, I did get the keto flu and I learned that that was really just basically dehydration, why I felt so bad for two days. And yeah. so I started uh, drinking tons of, ele I found an electrolyte drink that helped with, um, that didn't have sugar in it. So I figured as long as I stayed hydrated, like I really felt so good and it helped that my kids love the food. My husband loved the food. Nobody felt like we were changing anything. It was just like great new recipes. Great. Molly, now you're, you're just starting with keto diet, whether you're on keto or not. I want to I want to introduce Molly here and Molly talk about your diet and how much better you felt whether you're keto or not that's irrelevant um, but I but I'm glad to hear that you work with with Katie on the diet you guys are texting back and forth it certainly plays a role in your conditioning for pickleball and whatever else you're doing talk about how important diet has been for you well, it definitely plays a role. And my diet has been kind of, um, I'm kind of like a toxic waste dump, really. <laughs> my diet is so bad, but I've always been relatively lucky with my weight where I can eat and eat and eat and um, I don't gain weight. Well, now that I'm older. Who the hell are you? You're the luckiest person in the world. I know, I know. But the bad part about it is that my eating habits are like, I should be on the brink of obesity. Like they're horrible. And now that I'm edging closer to 50, I need to clean up my eating. The problem is, is I don't really know how to clean up my eating. Like you just do what you, what you know. And I think one of the best things was the other day we were playing pickle and I kind of got there late and there was five people there so I could sit out. And I was like, okay guys, I'm gonna go get some food. We have a snack bar at the club. His name is Oscars. I'm going to go to Oscars. I'm going to get some French fries. I'll be back in like 15 minutes. And they're like, Molly, no, you're going to be playing. And he's, he's like, Molly, we have the um, peanut butter and jelly can-do bars. And I was like, oh, okay. So I just sat on the court. I ate my can-do bar and I wasn't hungry. I mean, we played two, two and a half hours of pickle. I never felt full and slow. I never felt hungry. I didn't eat unhealthy. I didn't eat unhealthy. And it kind of dawned on me like, Oh, Molly, you don't have to eat crap all the time. So right. I think I'm trying to clean up my eating just because my body wants me to. And I'm realizing like, it still tastes good. Right. And I think you hit on a key point. Try 
listen, we're all going to have days where we, we don't eat great and we eat cake and sugars or whatever we shouldn't be eating. And that's okay. You can't look at that as a setback. But as a whole, if you realize that you need to do something different and you're making a change and trying to do better for yourself and trying to do better for your body, that's all that we can ask. And we still, you know, we want you to enjoy those foods. I mean, life is for the living. And, you know, I'm very proud of you guys for at least observing diet and knowing how important it is, especially as we age and we're doing activities. You know, it, it's really important diet is. And, and when I was going through this journey, uh, my trainer and, Fred, and friend said, Adam, 85% of what we do is diet. And you guys are aware of what, we, what you're doing with your diet. Katie, I'm so uh, excited for you that you lost 40 pounds, specifically using the keto diet. Um, and, and, you know, and, and, and uh, Molly, that you're, you know, at least aware and, you know, trying to make improvements and that the keto crisp satisfied your hunger. Yeah. And it, and it tasted good. And I mean, a lot of times my body's fueled on sugar and it's just this like, and uh, I think if we want our bodies to perform at a level that we want to play pickle at, it's so important to eat right. And you don't have to do it all the time, but it's, you got to do it. Like you say, 80 for 85% of the time, if I can eat good, I feel good. I'm, I feel good about myself. That's right. I want to get into, you know, your pickleball. For those that don't know, both uh, Molly and Katie were division. Well, I don't know. I'm going to, Katie, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have you guys speak. First of all, uh, Katie, go ahead and give us your background on, you know, uh, and, and we'll go from there. Absolutely. Molly has much more accolades than I do in the tennis world. So I'll let her explain those. Um, I think we both started playing when we were super young, three years old. We grew up at a tennis um, club. The same tennis club. Yeah, the same really? tennis club. Yeah. Wait, you guys, wait, hold on, stop. You guys <laughs> knew each other since you were three years old? Yeah, yeah, listen to this. So my mom and her mom used to play tennis together at the tennis club. And when Katie was born, her mom would bring a swing onto the court and put a headband around <laughs> Katie's pacifier so it wouldn't fall out so they could continue to play. <laughs> I love it. That sounds like my mom. Yeah. Oh, Adam will be fine. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And then I think Katie started running the daycare at the club when she was maybe four or five. She started yeah. babysitting the babies that were, you Others. know. Yeah, two. Um, I'm 12 years older than Katie. So I just knew Katie as the little rug rat running around, like bothering us all the time. Yeah, Molly and was then, the cool girl. Yeah. And I went off to college and then that's when Katie started, you know, that's when she was playing juniors when I was playing college tennis. Molly, talk about your college career and, and talk about tennis. And then Katie, I want you to talk about tennis because I'm a passionate sports fan. I love tennis. And I tell the story about me and how I started playing tennis but um, Molly, talk about how you started. I mean, obviously you started at a young age. With, yeah, with your I started, I started um, so at this club that we grew up at, our coaches were probably a name you're familiar with, uh, Kathy and Wayne Bryant. So I grew up playing with Mike and Bob Bryant. That's who I Got played it. with every single day, uh, the Bryant twins. And um, we just grew up in this environment where it was fun like everything I mean we worked hard but it most importantly it was fun and you wanted to be out on those courts all day long because we were having fun um so then when I went to college I knew that picking my college really I picked it based on on the coach where I which coach I like best I had uh offers to I think LSU UCSB San Diego State Arkansas, and I chose uh, University of the Pacific in Stockton, California, and Bill Mays, who played at Stanford with uh, John McEnroe, was the coach there. 
And he was just this really mellow, really mellow guy, but great tennis player and a good coach. And I knew that I would enjoy my four years there because I love tennis, but I also, I love competing, but I, I want to have fun. And if the coach is going to take the fun away, then I'm out. And, um, I, I had a great four years. We played an awesome schedule. I think my junior year, we beat UCLA, who was at the time the number one school in the country. Um, and it was like uh, the, you know, the, the, the biggest upset. And it, it was just, it was fun because our coach made it fun. He didn't take tennis too seriously. I mean, it's, it's, it's a part of life that should be fun. And um, so, yeah, I had a great college career. I had a few setbacks. I actually had a thoracic outlet syndrome where they um, raised my arm. I wouldn't have a pulse. So they had to go in through my armpit and take out my top rib. Wow. Yeah. I've never heard of that before. I know. I know. What was the rehab like on that? You know, it wasn't that bad. I had rotator cuff surgery in high school and the rehab on that is not fun. Um, but the rehab on the rib taken out, like I was in the hospital for five days, but I don't ever remember the rehab being that bad on it. Got it. I have a question for you, Ma. You talk about the importance of fun and I, I'm a firm believer in fun all the time. If it's not fun, why are you going to do it? You know, yes, there's going to be ups and downs and there's going to be days you're like, you know what, I'm not feeling it. Talk to me about your most memorable, fun experience as a collegiate tennis player. As a, well, it definitely, I mean, it goes back to that UCLA match. Yeah. Um, the, I was, I won my singles relatively easily and we were, it was, college tennis was scored differently when I was in college. Um, every match counted. So doubles was a two out of three and two out of three set match and I was the last match on and it was four four matches to four matches and we were in a tiebreaker and um we ended up winning that that tiebreaker and um it just like it was like the underdogs finally won and it was at UCLA and it was great like it was so fun it was it was great that's great Katie What's the most fun, memorable, fun moment you've had as a tennis player? Let's put pickleball on hold. Let's talk about tennis. All what's right. your What's your most memorable, fun moment as it just quickly relates to the top of your head? Um, so tennis for me wasn't what it was for Molly at all. I have a totally different experience. Tennis for me was from a young age. I knew that if I wanted to go to college somewhere great, I was going to need to get a scholarship. And yep. I felt a ton of pressure straight out the gate. I played probably tournaments until I was 16. I played national tournaments, played doubles occasionally, singles mostly. You're out there alone on the court. And I pretty much hated it. I, I, <laughs> I excelled because I played all the time. My mom was a tennis coach at the club we were at. And um, I pretty much hated it. However, I loved the team aspect of tennis. And, um, you know, when you're growing up, you get to go play in things uh, like zonals, which is a, you're with a bunch of kids from Southern California playing against different states. And high school tennis obviously becomes a team environment. Um, I thrived in a team environment and um, our high school team uh, went to CIF and we won CIF um, in Southern California. I think we were the first um, team from our school, girls team, that had done it in like 25 years or something like that. It was a huge deal, but so much fun being out on a team with all the girls that you love. And ha like Molly said, it was finally fun. And I, I thrived in that environment. So yeah, ask, for me, after her record in high school, what is your record in high school, Katie? Molly, stop. Gosh. Oh, stop. Uh, stop. Come on. I was Come undefeated on. in high school. And, she never won um, one match. Oh I my never... God, that's awesome, Katie. Because she was having fun. She was having fun. I did. I was I was actually, I, I don't think I actually lost a game in um, league play. And um, honestly, like you guys said, it was all because of the fun. It was like, there was no pressure. I was just out having a great time fighting for my school and everything else. So 
So when you were fighting for your school and being with other girls, it was fun. But you hated tennis until you got to school. Is that right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I did not enjoy competing at all. Um, it took me away from everything I liked. You know, at the beginning of the call, we talked about being with family and being with friends. And a lot of, I didn't go to birthday parties, you know, growing up because I was at tournaments in LA and I always wished that I was back at home doing little things like that. Um, however, I do have to say a positive spin on that. I would not be playing pickleball at the level that we're playing pickleball had I not had the tennis background that I had before. And I am so grateful for the opportunity now because sometimes you think like your time's over as an adult and, um, you know, your, your time's up for competing and all that thing. There's not many sports that you can still compete in a high level such so, you know, tennis, golf, pickleball now um, that you can go out and compete no matter your age, you know? So I am grateful for the opportunity that I had when I was a kid because it's given me this now. So, you know, you bring up a great point and that's why I love pickleball, you know, because it gets people out, it brings the fun and it doesn't matter what size, shape, age you're in, what level, there's a level for everyone. Joe Smith can play it who's never picked up a tech pickleball uh, racket in his life, you know, or you who was, you know, a killer kick-ass tennis player to pickleball and, and continue your career and continue to have fun, you know, and I, I think that's awesome. And, you know, that, that's what I love about the sport is the community that it brings, the fun that it brings, and then, of course, the competitive, because we're we're all competitive. We want to win. It's fun to win. And and that, you know, that, that, yes. Talk about the competitiveness. Uh, talk, talk about the competitiveness since I brought it up and how fun it is to win. And then I have some follow-up questions. Uh, so Molly has a mental edge, I have to say, like no other. And when we're on the court, I know if I'm in the tank, Molly is like, just goes beast mode in the last tournament we played in a Newport. I'm like feeling a little bit nervous. We're in the final match. We had set this goal of like, we want to go to nationals like four months before when we had just started playing pickleball, I'm like we want to go to nationals. Like that looks like that's where the fun's at. So we had set this goal. We're out there playing in our final match. And I'm like, Molly, I am so nervous right now. I don't, like, e I don't even know if she said anything to me, but like the beauty of pickleball is you're so physically close to each other on the court. And Katie and I, I just think we have this connection that we know each other so well. I could feel that, that she was just a little tight, just a little tight, no big deal. But then um, I got a little bit crazy. <laughs> <laughs> she went, we say it's beast mode, but she took over the court. I swear I didn't see a ball in the last game <laughs> at, at all. And Molly just worked her butt off. She was coming, taking balls in front of me that like, that were her ball by the way, because she had oh, a better angle on it. Box. Yeah, she was she's so in my box and um, she just crushed it. But I have to say like those competitive moments, the adrenaline, we come home at night if we play pickleball at night and we're like, uh, I'm up till 1130 because I feel so amped on the fun that we had and getting to compete again. It's, it's, it's been such a game changer for Molly and I in our, in our lives. Like, just as far as our happiness goes. You know what? And you, you reached on the most important word, happiness. And I, I, I just, I, I am so proud of you ladies for finding your happiness and having fun because it's not, it's, not it, it's such a joy. And I see the smiles on your face and you guys created three, two, one pickleball. Tell, tell us, tell our audience about three, two, one pickleball and really the community that you're creating, because it's really an awesome thing. So the first the first few times we would play pickle, we heard that when the score was three to one, like you would yell pickleball. Like that's just what we thought you would do. And so the first <laughs> time we yelled three, two, one, pickle. And we were so excited. And we would, you know, we were playing with family and everybody would laugh. And then 
we started playing, like we started going to parks and, you know, playing and three, two, one, we'd still yell pickle. Cause I mean, we're having fun, it's fun. And every once in a while we'd play someone, you could just tell they'd be like, uh, from, from. it was like a dead pan on their face. Yeah. It's like, I don't even know what you're doing at yeah. all. What, but right, Molly like and what, I are. What are, you, like, what are these ladies talking about? Yeah, like, come on, that's only for, you know, not players. Or yeah. Something. I don't know. So then we were at a tournament and it was three, two, one. And we just instinctively yelled, pickle. And they're like, what? And we're like, oh, oh, no, sorry, 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 guys. It's, it's three, two, one, pickle. We just got kind of excited. And then they were actually really nice ladies and we all had a laugh and then we just kept playing. So it, I don't know, it's kind of been like an icebreaker for us. And it's just keeping the game fun, even when, I mean, don't give it, we'll win at any cost. I mean, we'll sacrifice <laughs> our bodies to win, but like, we still laugh a lot. And I always say that laughter is the best medicine. Um, how many tournaments do you guys play in the year? Well, that's well, kind of up in the air moving forward. Um, we have only played four tournaments total. We just we just started playing four months ago, and we really that yeah, yeah. we we started like um, seriously started playing. We would like hit around kind of at the club, but we're like let's let's enter a tournament and just see where we stand. And then we we got inter integrated into the the local park, which also another amazing thing about pickleball is the fact that you can go out to a park and pick up a game and the community welcomes you in and wants to see you get better. And all those, like uh, the amazing thing, the atmosphere around the sport. Um, but, you know, we kept playing people and they'd say like, your tennis game is going to catch up to you in pickleball. You're not going to be able to make it once you get into the higher levels. So we're like, okay, we'll enter a 4-0 tournament. We don't know where we stand. We played the 4-0 tournament. We ended up going undefeated so we're like all right let's move up a level and go to four or five in the next tournament we ended up playing in the four or five tournament we're undefeated again we're like okay i guess we'll try a 5-0 tournament we played <laughs> the 5-0 tournament you know our, our game hasn't i think our game has adjusted as we've moved up but we're still we still kind of play like tennis players we just like love to to hit the crap out of the ball so right um, it's helped. It's the tennis thing has definitely helped. Talk about Katie and thank you for all these examples and it's great and the story about how you moved up. Tell me what is the biggest transition from tennis to pickleball? The whole dink game. You know, we we like to just swing away, and so it, pickleball is more like an art, and we're still learning that. We have so much to learn in that. Um, in that whole part of the game, but the, the drop shots and the dinks and all of that stuff, um, that's kind of the fun. But the best part is, is that Molly and I, our partnership, she capitalizes on balls that I hit and I capitalize on balls that she sets me up for. Um, I, I think our games would be very different when we're not playing with each other because we kind of just move together and, you know, capitalize on, the um, setup that the other one allows. So for us, that has really worked well. You guys are literally joined at the hip and you just yes. you, you just have a feel. Talk about just that, that instinctive, that ability to, and maybe you can't even answer it. I'm just fascinated by just automatically knowing each other's tendencies. And I guess it become, you know, it becomes second nature with practice and just hanging out with each other. Talk about that. Talk about just the partnership. Well, I think there's a couple things that go with that. I mean, obviously Katie and I have a level of we're comfortable with each other. I mean, I trust her. I know if somebody has my back, I want Katie having my back. Like it's Katie Diaz has your back. You're golden. You're good. You're good to go. <laughs> yes. And and having that confidence in your partner is uh, like no other, but I think it bleeds into life. Like I know at any point in time, um, if Katie has my back, I'm good. And I think in a lot of relationships, I mean, especially with women, but I think in anything, like 
we celebrate each other's successes. Like when something happens good with Katie's kids or when something happens good with Katie's husband, or, I mean, like it's a celebration. I'm so, I want so much good for her. So when we're on that court, like I want Katie to be outshining me every day because I just want good for us. And I, I see a lot of times in partnerships, I see eye rolling, I see blaming, I see a lot of things, but with when we're playing together it truly is us and we I know that she wants good for me and I want good for her and I think that's what's so unique and and it bleeds a hundred percent into life too a hundred percent I I tell this story all the time you know growing up I my older brother's Noah he's my heart and my sister is my soul she's younger than I am and it's interesting because the perspective that I sit not being able to play sports and I love sports like anybody. And I, I grew up watching my older brother play sports and there was nothing that I liked better than watching him play. And there was never a competitive spirit at all between us. I was like his biggest cheerleader. And that made me so happy to watch him do his thing. And it's so, it makes me so happy to see my sister do her thing like, it's the greatest. It was never a competitive thing like, oh, I got to be better than you. I was so happy to cheer them on. It's so great. And I'm so glad that you, you touched on that because it's so important. And it makes it, in my opinion, so much more fulfilling because it's all about us. You know, people say, Adam, you're the founder. It's never about me. It's always about the team. And what can I do to help the customer? You know, or yeah. what can I do to help this person? I always put myself in the other person's shoes. And I think that's such a great thing that you ladies have created. And the bond, whether it be pickleball or in life, cheering on each other's kids, that's, that's great. Um, uh, what is the, what's the next tournament that you guys are going to be playing in? So I think we're going to do the Newport uh, Duper Waterfall, which is um, that first weekend in August. Great. Yeah, we're excited. Where do you where do you guys live? That's the this tricky part. This is a whole part. other story. This is well, this. You might want to get your Kleenexes out because this is where yeah. we start crying. Okay, good. I I love emotional. I I wear my heart uh, on my sleeve. Well, okay. This is going to be a little lengthy. So no what happens? No we ahead. both grew up in in Ventura County. Ventura County. I lived in Camarillo. She lives in Ventura. Um, about three years ago, my family, my oldest went off to college. Yep. And I, I have, at the time I had a sophomore in high school and we moved to Denver, Colorado. We were here for like, I don't know, two months. He's a football player. He's a big boy. And um, football is a unique sport where you play it 100% in high school. It's not played outside of high school. And um, he grew up in, uh-oh, he grew up in Camarillo. Sorry guys. He grew up in Camarillo and it was important to get back to Camarillo for him to finish high school there. So I actually came back. I brought my son back to Camarillo. My husband stayed in Denver. And we've been going back and forth for three years because wow. we wanted to give, it was important for us, for our son to have his high school football experience, because I think that's where sports are played. If he could play college, that would have been icing. And he is playing college. He's going to leave in four days to go play. But um, wow. yeah, he graduated and um, I just moved back three days ago to Denver. Really, it's so funny as we're recording. I'm in Colorado also. Where are you? I'm actually in Aspen. I'm out here visiting my brother. And no I, yeah, I came out to ask. My brother has moved to Colorado. And so my brother and I and my sister are extremely close. And so I, I came out to visit my brother. And I'm here in, for, in Aspen for a few weeks. And I, 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 I fell in love with the city. Number one, it's so beautiful. Number two, the restaurants are incredible. Number yeah. three, the people are amazing. It's so clean. 
uh, number four, I had a chance to learn how to snow ski. Oh, wow. Have you ever skied in at Winter Park? Uh, Winter Park where? In Colorado? No, I haven't. I've done Vail before because growing up, my dad, my brother, and my sister love skiing. My mom and I hated the cold, but we love family to death. So we're like, okay, if the family wants to do it, we're going to go for it. But I, I, so we, we, we signed up for Vail, and I knew that when the chairlift started to go around the other way at the top, and I was still on the chairlift, that maybe skiing wasn't for me. But since, <laughs> I, but since I dropped all the weight and was more, is more mobile now, I had an opportunity to try it again in April. And I got to tell you guys, I freaking hate the cold. I wore four layers of clothes. I wore a diaper. I was just like, I'm getting out there. I'm doing it. And I had the best time ever. So listen, oh, if you're, awesome. yes, I, I, I freaking love skiing. I love the outdoors here in Colorado. So it's so interesting that you say, Molly, that you're in Colorado. It makes me so happy. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. We're just outside of Denver. So do you plan to, to go back to California once you're, once, or what? Well, what's I that? mean, I've decided like trying, I, I've given up making plans because I've been going back and forth so much that I can't predict anymore. At this point in time, we're in Denver for a while. My yep. oldest son is playing football in Ventura. And so I'll be getting back there quite a bit to watch him play. Um, and I have family that lives in that area, so I'll always be going back and forth. Molly, what's it like to watch your kids play sports, being an athlete I, yourself? Um, I, I love watching them play. I, I just like being um, – I just, I just love watching them play. My husband played football in college, so he's more of the – he coached. He coached in high school, but, um, you know, it's – I love sports and I love games. I mean, I, anytime she's, I can she's play an avid, she is yeah. an avid game board player. I Loves just love, I'm just a gamer. Sorry. I can just play games all day long. Molly meets people on her lunch break <laughs> at the local pizza place almost every day so that she can play a game of sorry and get it in. Yeah. I'm like, what are you doing? You want to meet to play pickle? I'm playing sorry with my sorry friends. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I just, <laughs> Uh, that's so, awesome yeah you know i think sports do a lot of things for kids especially today and uh the busier they can be and the more they can um have their own thing and and pause and think you know positive they see their body as something they don't want to wreck with alcohol or drugs because they're playing sports i think that's the most important thing i think that sports have gotten lost and you have to play college you have to play college no i, I you know, my boys are both lucky. They're both playing college football. But um, for me, the goal was to keep them so busy that they were so tired at the end of the day that all they wanted to do was lay their head down, not go out and drink or do drugs. So right. I love sports. I, I love sports too. And it drives me nuts that some of these, these high school programs and they got these charters things and they don't offer the sports. I mean, I will tell you that you know, I went to Arizona State all by myself. My parents shipped me out from Michigan. They said, Adam, you're just going to figure it out. And there's more to the story. But I always say that the book stuff was important. But the social aspect of, you know, community and friendship and sports is far more important than any textbook you'll ever read. And that's yeah. no disrespect to teachers out there or anything reading the books. I think that's very important. But the social aspect of learning how to work together, one another, and all the things that sports provides is immeasurable, and it's it, it it's so incredible. And I just encourage, you know, kids to try sports, whether it's playing a game of sorry or whether yeah. it's you know playing pickleball or tennis. Just getting out, getting away from your phone, removing yourself from video games. I mean, everything, you know, in moderation is cool, but just to stay inside. Um, I always encourage people to get outside and do, and this is what I love about Colorado, getting off on a tangent. Everybody that I meet is out doing something, you know, they're, they're, yeah. you know, they're extremely active. I remember one of the first trade shows that we did in January, it was like 38 degrees, but people were still outside hiking. 
And it was just, it's just a, it's a state, it's a community where people are active. And I really think that that helps the, your mental outlook a lot. Yeah, it's oh, crazy. They don't care. They don't care what the weather is like. Uh, you know, I, we lived here before and I'd be like, oh, it's snowing. I'm going to go to Costco today. There's going to be no one out on the road. Like <laughs> nobody cares. Nobody cares. It's snowing. Everybody just does their thing. <laughs> right. It's the can do attitude. Yeah, that's right. Seriously. Katie, tell, tell, tell everybody about your kids. Um, so I have three girls. I have an 11-year-old, a 9-year-old, and a 7-year-old. I am a homeschool mom. Really? And yeah. So three years ago, we decided to start homeschooling. Our, the little school that they were going to in the city where we lived in closed. And it had always kind of been on my heart. And so I said, now's just as good a time as any. And I just dove in. And, um, we have loved it. We love the freedom that it provides and that I get to be with them all the time. I have, you know, I'm grateful that I get to stay home as a stay at home mom. And for me, it just works really good. The kids love it. They just started, um, Irish dancing, which is something I did when I was little and they're doing their first competition here in August, but, um, really they're like, first introduction into like competitions and things like that so so how do you keep structure during the day that a school a traditional school would provide because uh, I'm fascinated by homeschooling I I think my personal opinion that it would be completely ass backwards but I, I'm glad that it works for you I think it's great yeah it's um I, I definitely designate its own room so like when we go in there it's legit school time for us that kind of environment works for us so I have a room in our house that is dedicated to only school and we just try to create a routine of same thing you get up in the morning and you get dressed and you go we go into the school room and we do our schoolwork. and thankfully um we have a great charter school that we're involved with that um a great teacher that I have that I contact and give her, you know, our information, our progress, make sure that the kids are still staying up with state standards and still doing state testing and all of those things, because I want them to be able to integrate into any public school. If I, you know, we decided that that was best for one of our kids at any given time. Um, And then they have so many activities through the school that they're, you know, they can, we can do park days. We can meet up with, you know, other, other homeschool friends and, do whatever it is that we want to do. We just fit it into our day. So it's really um, been great. And also to be able to tailor to each of my kids learning um, habits because they all learn differently. You know, some of them are visual learners. Some of them like to, um, you know, touch things to, you know, for math, you know, they like to have um, different things that they can group and things like that. So it's been really really good for them and just our um family family time together has been awesome so we'll do it as long as we can <laughs> yeah no i i think that's great and you know i i think that's and you bring up a, a really great point is every kid learns differently like i think that every person has a gift and they have their own special way of learning I wasn't the smartest person in the room by any means. School was very, very difficult for me, but nobody would outwork me. And I just figured out a way to get it done. You know, whether I had to work on a school project two weeks before, I remember my college classmates would be like, dude, why are you starting a project two weeks ahead of time? Number one, because I'm a horrible, I do horrible when it comes to last minute. I like to plan things out. And number two, I know my learning style. So it just takes me longer to get stuff done. So I have to prepare. And I think if you prepare, if you're not preparing, you're not you're not winning. And so I think preparation and, and knowing who you are and helping shape your kids is so, so cool. So I, I love that you're doing it. I love that it works. And I also love to learn that there are support systems along the way. I always thought, dummy me, that homeschooling was you're keeping your kids at home and you're not interacting with other people. And boy, do I have that wrong. You know what? You are not alone in that. I think so many people think that way, but you know, times have progressed and I feel like everybody's learned 
I mean, there are, I think you can do homeschool the way that you're saying, but um, for us, we don't choose to do it that way. And I love that I have support and that I can call on another teacher, certified teacher who I'm like, I, I don't know how to teach this. And she could break it down and send me all these, um, you know, examples of different things that I can do. Like, I'm just, I'm so grateful for that. Guys, I love this conversation. We could talk forever, but I want to wrap it up. Um, one of my favorite things to ask, I'm going to ask you first, Molly, what is your biggest can-do moment? The first thing that comes to your mind, regardless of whether it's kids, whether it be a tournament, just what is your biggest can-do moment? My biggest can-do moment. Let's see. Um, God, I think I'm going to relate it. I think I'm going to relate it just just to pickleball because that's that's what we're doing right now. Um, so, like Katie was saying, you know, everybody kept telling us like, oh, three fives. You guys try it three fives at four O's and in my mind I'm like God I feel like we can do better I feel like we can do better and then we did four or five and I still thought ah, we can do better and so we entered the 5-0 LA Open and um I was nervous like we got that first set and um Katie Katie was keeping us alive I mean she was definitely keeping us alive in that and we lost the first set 12-10 and I look at Katie and I'm like, we can do this. We can do this. And, and she was like, yeah, I know. And uh, we, we pulled that second set out 11-9. And then we won the, the third set 11-5. And that was at the 5-0. That's the highest rec level you can play. And then after that, we played the number one seeds. And we just ripped through them 11-1, 11-8. And I was like, dude, we can do this. <laughs> And we did it. And it was just like, it, you know, it was our first 5-0 tournament and it, we did it. And it just made us, made me believe like we, we can do this pickleball thing. And it's like a whole new lease on life with both my boys going to college. I didn't know what I was going to do. I mean, I've been so enjoying the ride with them and now it's my turn to do it's my turn and I can do this. And it's, it's just, it's so exciting to have something that's mine. That's, that's great. And I, I want to step in there because um, something that yours it, it rings a bell to me. And I don't know how many times you said the word can do in describing your can do moment, but it was really, 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 really cool. Um, I want to grow, you know, I always love sports. And like I said earlier in the program, nothing make, made me happier than watching my brother Noah or my sister Aaron participate in sports. But about 12 years ago, I picked up a tennis racket just fumbling around. And my buddy's like, Adam, you can actually do this. And I started playing tennis. And guys, it opened up. I, I, I cannot tell you how excited I was to actually go to a store and buy a freaking racket that was for me. Yeah. Like that's it, awesome. was the, it was the coolest thing. And to this day, like I love tennis and I love swimming. I could spend a whole hour talking about how I got started in tennis. But the thing that you said, Molly, that I love is it's yours and you can identify with that. And Katie, I want to get to your can do story, but I just wanted to, I really can relate to it being yours and something that you can be proud of that you identify with yourself that you can take with you forever and it 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 translates into so many things pickleball in life how to be a better person how to go up to joe schmo who you've never met and said let's play a game of sorry or whatever no, sorry. <laughs> you know katie share your can-do story Okay, my can-do story would definitely be, I think as a mom, the last 11 years of my life have been incredible. You know, I didn't have um, wild career aspirations for myself growing up. All I knew that I wanted to do was be a mom and a wife, and I want to be really good at that. Um, I did that. I love it. I love being a mom. I love getting to be with my girls, but I think balancing having your own thing 
um, like Molly said, has is hard. You're doing for your family. Um, at points, it felt like death to self, and I want to pour everything into my kids, which I love doing. But having this second chance to um, not only get to compete and um, push your body to different levels is, like Molly said, having the second chance to do something great that's my own. And now even better because we get to share it with our families as well. It's like um, Molly's husband is playing, my husband's playing, our kids wanna play with us. Um, we can all do it together. And for me, it's, um, it's that. Guys, I really, really enjoyed this conversation today. Thank you guys so, so much for the time. I wish I could, that's the one thing that I hate about Zooms is you can't reach out and give the person a hug. I really appreciate you guys, you know, pouring some of your insight and your personal experience, not only about diet, but professional, you know, being a tennis player, now transitioning over to pickleball, being moms and the selflessness that that takes, but also the joy and then the pride of taking back ownership for what you love and, and taking care of yourself. So there's a lot of things, cool things that have come along in this podcast. And I, from the bottom of my heart, sending much loves and hugs and kisses to you ladies. Nothing but success in the future. And I don't know, have we met before in person? I don't. I, not yet, I don't, but I not yet. But we will. We, we will for it. sure. I, I can promise you that. And I, I can't thank you guys for the love and support. You know, as Can Do and Keto Crisp, I'm so so happy that you know that that you're a part of our family, and we love you, ladies, and have a great afternoon. Thank you so much. We're excited to be part of the team. We're so excited. Yes, thank you guys so much.